Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. One of the most exciting times, I guess, for me as a kid was Christmas was, and perhaps most of you as well as a kid, getting up and someone of the kids said it, the giving of gifts, right? Who loves to get gifts? Anyone? Yes, we all love to give gifts, you know, and as a kid, it's so exciting because you have to go to bed early because they won't let you stay up late, and then you have to get up, and then this amazing thing that happens, your heart's filled with excitement, you rush down, or you rush to the tree, there's some stockings there with little presents, and then some presents under the tree, and so one of my most vivid memories as a child was, you know, unwrapping all these gifts that my parents got me, but, you know, they don't tell you that, but that's what they did amazing gifts that you have and, and think about it what was your favorite memory as a child for christmas you know some of us might not have the privileges that other people have but there's a the time whatever kind of situation you find yourself in your parents did the best they can or, or your loved ones did the best they can to give you something special right and so as i grew up however you know as most kids you kind of mature and grow older in life and you began to think about what this season actually means. And as I grew up as older, I began to realize that Christmas is not just about getting presents, right? It has a deeper significance. It's really about Christ. And at the very beginning, and I mentioned this, the giving of gifts, as generous as we are as people to our loved ones and the people around us and the people that we call dear in our world and in our life, and we want to shower them with gifts to show us how much we love them. As great as that is, the original giving of gifts originated at the birth of Jesus. I think, however, that we might have got a little bit of it wrong, though, because originally they didn't give gifts to each other they give gifts to Christ. And that's where it started, that many, many years ago, the Magi, who were these ancient wise men, astrologers from the East, students of history, figured out that there would be a significant, the most significant event in the history of the world. As they examined and, and went through prophecies and examined writings and all these things, they figured out there was going to be the birth of the God child. And at this moment, in that time in history, was going to be so significant that they traveled thousands of kilometers to get there. It would have been months, perhaps even a year, it took them to travel from the east down to where Jesus was. And this journey in the ancient world wasn't as easy as it is today. We wouldn't have had the, you know, the conveniences of automobiles or planes. They would have had to travel by camel and donkey. And it would have cost them a significant amount of resources to put together such an adventurous journey that would have taken months to get there. And there was danger attached to this because they're traversing through unfamiliar territory. And, you know, they could be set upon by robbers and thieves and bandits and all kinds. But they made it their mission to go and see this one event that was so significant to the world that they decided that the cost of this was important. That this child was going to change the world. 
And when they arrived, they brought the most expensive gifts they had at the time. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We're not, going to, we're not going to get into the deep theological discussion of what those are, but that's amazing. But they gave gifts to Jesus. And not to one another, they gave it to Jesus. And as much as we care for our friends and our loved ones and the people around us, the genesis of giving gifts was to Christ and not to each other. We've adapted that through the years, but this is where it started. Right from the start, however, God, a passionate God, demonstrates his love for you and me by letting us know that a God cares for us. And they were so enthralled with this new way of thinking or the, the start of a new sort of transformative power that they came and presented the very most precious gifts they had to the one that was going to transform the world. They could kind of translate that into something monetary. And the scriptures tell us that this most significant event, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Never before in all of creation and never since then has been born one child who is going to eradicate the state of sin. This was a significant event. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here we be known as Emmanuel. God with us in our world, in your world, in our circumstance, in our situation, in our life. He was not far. He is close. He's not some God up there not caring about us. But he came down. He came down because of the love that he had for you and for me. That's what prompted him to take off his godly raiments and clothe himself with flesh so he could come down. And we have this big word, you know, in Christianity that describes it. It's this big word called the incarnation. The incarnation, theologically speaking, means this. The doctrine of incarnation holds that Jesus, the pre-existent divine logos, taking on human body and human nature was made flesh, conceived in the womb of Mary, the Theokoyos, the God-bearer. The doctrine of incarnation then entails that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully human, his two natures joined in hypostatic union. That's the textual explanation. But here's the simple explanation. Can I say it to you? Yeah. God became flesh because he loves you. Amen. And we ask ourselves this question, right? The big question is why? Why would a God who is up in heaven, why would a God who is different and special and gradient and glorious and holy and mighty and all of these wonderful things that we describe them, why would he choose to come down to you and me? And the simple answer is, Love. A God who loves makes a way to demonstrate his love. 
A God who loves shows his love not just in words, but in his action. A God who loves comes near to those who he loves. To tell a world that he is near. Not distant or absent or neglectful. That he is Emmanuel, God with us. In the middle of our circumstances. See, love isn't what he does. Love is who he is. He is the epitome and the incarnation of love. And that's why the prophet said, Look, you shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He is God in our lives. He is God with us in our problems. He is God with us in our weaknesses. He is God with us in our brokenness. When we are alone, he is our companion. When we are sick, he is our healer. When we are hurting, he is our comforter. When we are weak, he is our strength. When we go through problems, he is our defender. When we are afraid, he is our peace. When we sin, he is our savior. And when we are blessed, we rejoice with him. Because he's all of these things and more. That is why he came. So where are you now in your life, in your circumstance? What do you need in your life that you are lacking because Christ can complete it? Jesus came down to tell us that God is near in our lives. He's close and he's willing to be part of our lives if we allow him in. Think of how much better your life would be if you knew that someone was there with you to defend you, to encourage you, to uplift you, to strengthen you, to be with you when you're desperate, when you're brokenhearted, that he can comfort you. Because this is who Jesus is, and he can be in your world. In fact, the prophet Isaiah, about 700 years before the birth of Jesus, wrote about this significant event through the eyes of God's revelation. And this is the text that probably the Magi would have read when they were trying to discern the season, the time, and what was going to happen. So Isaiah, the kind of eagle-eyed prophet, looks through history and he begins to write this. And this is what he says, For to us a child is born. And to us, a son is given. And I love that right there. Because you see, Jesus was born. He was a child. But God gave his son. To everyone else, he's just a baby Jesus. But Jesus is God's only son. Given to man. That ultimately, he'd be broken and scarred and beaten and punished for you and I. A child was born, but a son was chosen by a loving God to be given for you and for me. And then he says, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I want you to lean into that for a moment. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. Why? Because when things go wrong in your world and they're bound to go wrong... God is with us. When the script is flipped, when things go bad, when you're discouraged, when you're let down, when you're betrayed, when people turn their back on you, when friends turn their back on you, when the person that says they will always be with you walks out on you, God is with us. That's why he can counsel us 
with his wisdom, the truth can be a beacon of hope in a dark world. Isaiah says he will also be called mighty God. Because he is not just God, he is also powerful. Powerful enough to change the circumstances in your world, to change your situations, to change your life and transform your life for good. When you need help, when you're down, when you're discouraged, his power is not just able to extract you, but it's able to save you. As you said, he is the everlasting father. He is a good father. For some of us, we might not have had good role models in our life. We might have had a good father. Some of them might have been neglectful. Might have, some of them might have been absent. Some of them might have even caused us abusive behaviors in our world. Might have caused us pain and suffering. But that's not who God is. He is our everlasting father. A good father who takes care of us. Even when the people closest in our world, our parents might abandon us, he will lift us up because he is our everlasting father. Then Isaiah says this, he is the prince of peace. Let me ask you a question. What do you think our world is lacking right now? It's peace, right? And not just from conflict, from wars and all the other stuff, but in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, in the lives of our anxiousness to deal with everyday situations, the worry of bills, the worry of stress, of, of taking care of our families, to worry about whether we can afford that and do this and do that. Just the stress of that alone causes us to lose peace. And that's what we need the most. Our depression, our pain, our broken hearts, the stress of our minds. We're all desperate for peace. And here is the Prince of Peace. Who can settle our anxious fears and ease our troubled minds. When we have Christ in our world, when we allow Christ in our world, He keeps us from our anxious thoughts. We can rest on him and we can cease from worry because he is the prince of peace. And he is God with us. In our worries, in our pains, in our desperation, in our distress, in our discouragement, in any situation or circumstance you find yourself in, he is Emmanuel. God with us. Right here right now the one who can save us the one who can redeem us the one who can restore everything broken in our world and the most expensive gift that we can bring to him the most expensive gift that we can afford to give him is our life and when you present that to him he can take it and make it into something brand new. Change your world. So Christmas matters because Jesus changes our world. Christmas still matters because it's God with us. It's Christ with us. And not just a baby in a manger, but Emmanuel, the God King.
in our lives, in our world, in our church, in our family, in our community, in our city, everywhere. God with us. But where he truly wants to dwell is in your heart. Will you, if you haven't made that decision before, allow him into your heart? Will you allow him in this Christmas? I want to leave you with two questions and then we're going to pray. Number one, what aspect of Jesus, and we talked about that today, what aspect of Jesus do you need in your life the most this Christmas? Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's counseling. Maybe it's God. What do you need of him? Because he is God with us right here, right now. In the middle of our situations. Number two, how can you keep Christ central in your Christmas? In the busyness of the season, in the hecticness of all that we have to do and prepare meals and welcome guests and take care of things, how do we keep Christ central? Because the season isn't really about the giving of gifts and eating food. It's really about Him. Christ, Emmanuel, God with us in our world, in our circumstances. Wherever you are, would you bow your head? And... Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.